Good evening, students. You might remember me. Uh, I think I subbed for you guys. Uh, gosh, it's been months ago. My name, Mr. Natterson Burger Mansfield Feld, if you remember me. Do you remember me? Who was here? Who was here? Yes, indeed. That's going to cause me a headache. This is awkward. <sighs> Undo this. We're just we're just gonna let's gonna pop it a little bit, make it a little more comfortable. All right, we're good. Welcome tonight. Welcome. Um, I just want to start the message tonight by saying that you're all dismissed, and you can feel free to leave at any time because we're so ridiculously late. Um, service officially ends in four more minutes, so. Listen to my introduction. You guys can skate if you want to, and I won't feel bad. What? Four? It just turned to three. Trust me. Okay? So uh, if you guys do need to leave, I actually won't be offended. I'll, I'll be slightly offended, but I won't be drastically offended. So uh, what? You can listen to the podcast. It's true. Although you don't get to look at me. And tonight I look good. So. Huh? What's up? What's up? I got a funny story for you to start with, just because it's, it's pretty interesting. Right now I'm running on three hours sleep, three hours sleep last night. Yeah, late night last night, went home, had to finish some stuff, still didn't finish my conclusion, which really isn't that strong in this message either, I'll admit, because I wrote it at like one o'clock in the morning last night. It's been a really hard week. I produced a lot of materials and did a lot with, with Fusion and stuff that I've been working with, but um, interesting week, it, it's still a good message, but um, went to sleep last night at like... Not quite two o'clock, not about two o'clock in the morning. Went to bed at about three thirty in the morning. I get woke up by like a sound like this in the corner of my room. I'm like, "What the heck is that?" So I'm like sitting there in the dark, and my room is kind of lightly lit, and I can just see the shadow circling around my room, above my head, flying really fast. I'm like, "What the heck?" And then it proceeds to the fact where I can actually feel wind whipping past my face. You know when something flies past your face really fast? And I'm like laying in my bed. I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I'm sitting there, I'm like, there's only one thing that could fly this quiet, this fast, and actually fly in in the dark in my room without hitting stuff. I'm like, there's a bat in my room. I'm like, what the heck? So I like take my pillow off underneath my head and like, like, I'm going to block because I'm going to run and I don't want him to like bite me in the neck. <laughs> so all at once, I jump out of bed and I like run to the door, open it up and shut it behind me. And I'm like, okay, I don't think he got out. So I open the door and like stuff the pillow towards the top because I'm figuring he's going to fly out. Turn on the lights and it's totally a bat flying in my room in a circle. My room is only like the size of this stage. It's a small room. It's not very big. Whip it around in a circle. So I literally walk downstairs. I say, I wake up my dad. I said, dad, there's a bat in my room. He's like, well, are you sure? Because how would a bat get in your room? I don't have a chimney and a fireplace in my room. So that's usually kind of common. But so we go up there. We're looking around. Finally found him. He's in the window, like hanging upside down in my window, chilling there. We had to take out the screen, block it off, then take and like dig and like push him out. Bats are frightening when you get face to face with them. They have fangs, like real fangs. And the little thing is just sitting there with his mouth like wide open, shaking and chirping at you. He's like, ah! just like looking at. 
I'm like, it's kind of freaky because I kept on like tapping it, and then finally he fell and he went out, and I'm like, man, that was a wild 45 minutes. So I got to go back to bed at like four or something, and then woke up at six. It's like, yeah, right under about three hours, but I've had really strange sleep habits really uh, recently. We'll talk about that more next week because we got to get going. I'll tell you another crazy thing about sleeping habits. I'll tell you next week about, about have you ever had a dream where you're at a party and you don't want to fall asleep? It's a great dream. I'll talk to you about it. <laughs> Not like a party, but you know what I mean. Like, friends are over. Anyways, like I previewed last week, because we started this, this whole situation last week, um, this whole entire series, of what summer school was about. We talked about the fact that... Um, Summer school, although it is like this, where I'm going to preach a message, this is a lot less what it's about than what, it, what we just did. What summer school is really about is you taking your Bible, taking the materials, going home, and actually reading God's Word for yourself. Taking and looking at it and saying, how does this apply to my life? And then actually looking and saying, like, this isn't in my life. This isn't my life. This is weak in my life. And looking at things inside of it. And we said, we're looking at Second Peter, and a lot of us haven't even probably really looked at Second Peter, let alone studied it, and seeing what type of application is there. So that's really the big thing is that, and then the small group times. The message isn't going to be very long. Um, it's really just kind of a, a quick look. Um, Second Peter chapter 1, which is what we read this last week, focuses primarily, as you might have noticed, on our relationship with God. That's the biggest, like, if you could overview the entire chapter. Um, have you been surprised by how much content there is in one chapter of the Bible? Were you surprised? I mean, we had a small group for an hour talking about one chapter of the Bible. And I know it could have went longer if we didn't actually take in, like, make sure people were finishing up. It's amazing how much content and how much interesting things there is in one chapter of the Bible. It's wild to think about. And tonight, believe it or not, all we're going to look at is two verses of that chapter. That's all we're going to talk about for this next um, short period of time. Can I borrow that Bible for a second? I want to read you the two verses that I used, but I want to read it out of the NLT, which is what we were reading in. So go ahead and turn to Second Peter, if you will. And we're going to read Second Peter 1, 3 through 4. It says this, As we know Jesus better, his divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. He has called us to receive his own glory and goodness, and by that same mighty power he has given us all of his rich and wonderful promises. He has promised that you will escape the decadence all around you caused by evil desires, and that you will share in his divine nature. I like it. Go ahead, man. Take this. Awesome. This is all that we're going to look at now for the next uh, however long it's going to take. I'm not going to promise any time. Um, many of you by now already know the fact that living a life where you decide that you're going to follow Christ isn't the easiest life you can possibly pick. In fact, sometimes you almost look at your life and you think, did I make my life even harder when I decided to go this way? Because, like, sometimes it really feels like it didn't free anything up. It made stuff even more complicated in my life at times. Um, it's not a cakewalk. Christianity isn't something that's just going to um, be an easy task to follow. But it is hard. There's a lot of expectation. There's work to be done. I love how the NIV actually puts verse 3. So keep it open and you look at this. The NIV writes it this way. His divine power 
meaning Jesus, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. I like the stark contrast of the words in the NIV. It's really cool. What it's saying is that all of the worry, all of the questioning can just be calmed. Jesus is saying that everything, like it says here, everything that we need for life, which is your daily provision, um, your happiness, your fulfillment, your relationships with other people, your jobs, what to wear in the morning, all of that, and for godliness, growing deeper, pleasing God, actually receiving the Holy Spirit and making him part of your life, cutting out sin, loving others, that all of this is given to us and is taken care of by a knowledge of Jesus Christ. That all of that can come from it. What it's saying is that if we study and pour over, if we focus and direct all of our attention at Jesus Christ, that all of these things will just be taken care of. They're going to be covered. Um, literally, it's saying that you can study no more than just Jesus Christ and you would know all of God's character by just studying this man who came to earth and embodied God. Um, there's, in the message, um, I mean, excuse me, coming back, Colossians 2.9, which is, is probably the most accurate verse to describe this. Write it down. It's really cool because of, about that, about looking at, at Jesus Christ as being like the full embodiment and all you'd need to really study if you wanted to. Um, Colossians 2.9 says this, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in a bodily form. What it's saying is every aspect of God is put into Christ, and that's where you see it played out. What I really love um, is if you look into it in the message, I love the way that it's written. You listen to this. It says, Everything of God gets expressed in him, so you can see, see and hear him clearly. You won't need a telescope, a microscope or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. I love that. What it's saying is that truly, Jesus Christ is the full embodiment of all of God's characteristics. And that if we do study and gain knowledge of him, um, not that the hard times are going to stop, because I won't tell you that, because it's a lie. Um, might make you think, if, if I study and I, and, I, and I learn about Jesus Christ, all these hard times are going to be taken care of because he, he said that he's going to take care of all of it, but it's not going to happen. You can't just be like, because I'm going to study and I'm going to, and I'm going to look into what Jesus's heart is, that you know from now on I'm not going to have to look both ways at intersections. From now on I'm not going to have to buckle my seatbelt. Um, I'm not going to have to worry about doing my job successfully or flossing because God's going to take care of it because I'm studying His Word and I'm studying who Jesus is. So He's going to take care of everything else, and we're cool. But that's not what I'm saying. It's not that those hard times or those situations won't arise. But what's being said is, is that if we gain knowledge of him, he'll give us everything, absolutely everything that we need to, to live this life. Um, and this may come from a really, really tangible of the fact that as you study and learn who Jesus Christ is, you're applying that knowledge to your own life, that you're actually learning who Jesus Christ is, and that's knowledge that's being put in your head to be called upon at a later date and used to answer a question to solve a situation really, really wisely. That would be one instance. But you know what? My God is awesome. And another instance would be the fact 
is that if you are honestly and wholeheartedly seeking to learn who Jesus Christ is, that God can divinely and miraculously take and care for these situations as well. And I believe that's who God is. The fact that not just the fact that um, because you're going to learn Jesus Christ, it's going to take care of all these situations, but that also God is a very, very spiritual God and that he can change situations and he can take and, and twist things and make them better than they ever would have turned out to be because of your faithfulness. God's awesome like that. I love in, uh, in the Life in the Spirit study Bible, Donald Stamps, really, really wise man. He writes this. He says, um, If the gospel that we hold is found wanting in these days, it's because our gospel is something less than the gospel of Christ and the apostles. You think about that? What he's saying is, is, is if, if the gospel, you say, it's not enough today, it's not because our situations have gotten any harder. It's because we must have lost some of it. Because Peter write, write, writes right here the fact that the gospel of our Christ, it is enough for everything, absolutely everything in life to cover it. So if we don't find it that it's covering it now, it's either the fact that we don't, we're not actually learning it, we're not actually getting the fullness of it. It's not because of the situation like we have it harder. That's just ridiculous. But what's really interesting about this verse as cool as it is, because that's, I mean, that's a deep thing that you need to understand, that a knowledge of him will take care of everything in your life. But what's really interesting is that if you read on into verse 4, it says, um, through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. What it's saying is that because of how, gr how great God is, that's the only reason why, he's given us these amazing promises, and if we follow him, we no longer have to be like this trapped world, but instead, we can become like God. Now, what it talks about here is it says is participate in his divine nature. Do you guys understand that? Participate in his divine nature. It means to become like God. What it's talking about is a rebirth. What it's talking about is no longer being your old self, but being something new. Um, but what's really interesting is the fact is that God gives us these promises. Um, do you see how loving God is? I mean, just real quick. Let's reread. I'll read it in the, um, in the NIV for you guys, because that's what I read it in earlier. But it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life, and godliness through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. It can, like, it can stop right there. The fact that he says that I've given you everything you need, but then it goes on in verse 4 to say, through these he has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Man, do you see the love of God? What he's saying is that he gives us everything that we need, everything that we need for life, and then he puts promises on top of that. Isn't that crazy to think about? He says, I, you love me, you trust me, and you learn me, I'll take care of everything. But then on top of it, he says, oh yeah, but I want to give you all of this too. Like, isn't that just mind-blowing to look at that? I thought about it like this. Um, some of you guys might have been in this situation or, or before. But it's like a girl, right? And she's going to go out with her friends, a young girl. And she goes to her dad, and uh, her dad says, you going out tonight? She says, yeah. And she says, you know, I need, I need money. 
And he says, well, how much do you need? And she says, well, we're going to go to the movies, and that's about, about $7. And we're probably going to go grab something to eat afterwards. So maybe that's like another 5 or $6. So, you know, if I had $15, that'd probably be cool. And what the dad does, though, is he doesn't give her $15. He says, here's 25 And he says, make sure you have a good time because I love you. You see, it's not just the fact that he wanted to give her what she needed. Because that's all she asked for was just enough to get by for the night. That's all that, like it says, those, those promises, I mean, the things that he gave us, the knowledge of him will get us through this life. It will take care of all that. But just like a father who just wants to dote on his daughter because he loves her so much, it's not because he's trying to buy her affection, but he just loves her so much, he says, like, yeah, I'm going to give you more than that because I want you to have a really good time. I love you so much. Here's some promises on top of it. That's how God offers this to us. It's on top of all this, he wants to bless us and offer us these things. He's such a loving God. And the promises that he's talking about, they're not lame promises. They're insane promises. They're awesome promises. I'm not going to go through all of them because there's a million of them. If you go through the Bible or, or just start reading, actually get in your mind as you start to read through the Bible to look for God's promises in the Word. And you'll see just one after another after another things that are promised to you. But they're amazing ones. And I just, I just wrote down just a few that like immediately came to my mind when I thought, what are God's promises for our life? And these are huge ones, but think about it. How about this? When you're tired and when you are just down, you are just beat up. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's a promise that Jesus said. He says, when you can't take anymore, he says, come to me, and I just put my arms around you, and I protect you and say, you can just find rest in me, and you can just be peaceful again. How amazing is that? And when you're lost, and you don't even know what's true anymore, you're just confused, and you think, you know, I can't even see what's right anymore. I don't know who I am. I don't know what this world wants me to be. I don't know what direction I'm supposed to go in life. John 14, 6 says this. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I'm the direction that you need to go, and you're going to find it. Another promise that he gives to us. When you say that, you know what, I can't even provide for myself. I can't take care of myself. I just can't take care of everything that's going on in, in my life. John 6.35 says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. You see what I mean? These amazing promises. These awesome ones. That, I mean, you just look at, like, just those few right there. All these different areas of our life that God says, you know, not just enough to get you by, but to bless you in these areas. And possibly, obviously, probably the biggest one that stood out to me immediately when I started thinking, what are God's promises? Is the one that you finally figure out when you realize the fact that there has to be more to this and that I can't do this on my own. And that's, I mean, the age-old verse of John 3, 16 through 17, which is amazing. Don't ever leave 17 out, please. Please don't ever say John 3, 16. After I started reading it, I realized how stupid it is to cut off 17 because it's so much better. It's so much better. Listen to this. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's great, but 17 says, for God did not send his son into this world to condemn this world, but to save it through him. I mean, that's, 
the biggest promise that I can possibly ever think of. The message says, this is how much God loved this world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go through all this trouble sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help. He put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. Probably the most amazing promise you're going to find in Scripture. That the fact that God says, you know, when you realize that you can't do this on your own, because all of us are going to come to that point, I hope everyone in the room has come to that point, he says that I have this promise for you that if you trust in me, I'll take care of everything else, and I'll get you through this life and into eternity with me. See, he gives these just awesome promises because God is so darn cool. That's what I mean. That's what I want for this, for this, this series is when you look into it, even just a small section, you don't just read over it, but when you read into it, you see stuff like that. Two verses that are really short. You can just kind of read right over them and, and just, and just kind of railroad past the meaning. But when you read that, you see there's so much depth to that. There's so much love in what God is trying to say in it. And there's so much that you can count on from that. You, you read, you know, God gives me promises. Well, what are God's promises? And you take and sit down and actually start thinking about what's God promised in your own life. You know, there's personal promises past this, too. These are for everyone. But each and every one of us have promises that God has given us individually things that he's put inside of our hearts, inside of our minds that we know God has given us, that isn't from us. Awesome, I mean, skill sets, talents, abilities, passions that God has put inside of us for a reason. Promises for what you're going to do. And to actually take and to, to delve into those and say, what are the promises that God has given me because he loves me? And what am I supposed to do with these? He said he's a God of love and... Um, really realize how much of an awesome God he is. Um, pay attention to the Bible when you read it. And I really want you over these, next, over these next two weeks, more and more each week, really focus and read past just the words and into what's actually being said inside of them. I wanted to, to remind just kind of one other thing with this too. When you guys start to read these, these chapters, before you even read the first word, open up your Bible Get to the place where you're going to read. And before you do, close your eyes and ask God. Say, God, I'm about to read your word. And I know that it's just more than a book. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, to actually come into me. And when I read this, to give me clarity. Because I can't understand it all on my own. I'm not smart enough. But with you, I know that I can. Just ask the Holy Spirit like that. To actually come and give me an inner knowledge. Stuff that I won't even understand. And he's going to always come through and do that. God says in the Bible that just as a, as a father will give good gifts to his son, he says, you know, God would never hold back the Holy Spirit from someone who wants him. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you in that. So, that's it. Short, simple, to the point. I want you guys to really take um, our homework for next week. Make sure you take and you read it. Really actually look and read into it. Do the homework. Come back next week ready that we can hit up small groups again. I don't know. My small group is really fun. I don't know if you guys had a good time in your small group. If you actually learned something, yes. Wow. Okay. Well, I had a good time in small groups, so I hope you guys did too. I'm gonna join another small group next week, and maybe it's just the fun follows me. We'll see. <laughs>
But um, really read it with, with passion. I want to pray for you guys before we end, and then I want to send you on your way. Lord, I thank you for tonight, and I thank you for the word that you've given us, Lord, in your, in your Bible, just these amazing things that you've written down. Um, the fact that these words were all divinely spoken through the Holy Spirit, not by just men's mouths, Lord God, penned by men's hands, but that it was all through you, and that each and every word has, has true significance and meaning in our lives. I just thank you, God, for what we're going to learn from this. I just pray to you, God, that each and every one of us would develop a deeper passion for your word and for reading it and applying it to our lives. It's in your name that I pray, Jesus Christ. Amen.